0: The Green Bay Health Project Podcast is sponsored by Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, where we help the athletes and active adults move better, perform better, stay pain-free, and in the sports and activities that they love. We do this by focusing on their movements and optimizing their mobility and strength. We believe that your body is your greatest tool, and when you take care of it, you can move better, you feel better, and you thrive. So head to movement-rehab.com, that's m-v-m-t-rehab.com, to learn how we can help you stay active and pain-free. What's going on everyone? I'm Trevor with the Green Bay Health Project Podcast and today I am joined by Alicia Brown. Alicia is a registered dietitian nutritionist and a non-diet dietitian. That may baffle some people, but uh, before we get into it too much, Alicia, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to talk today. Um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation And I'm not sure if people really know what non-diet dietitians do or what intuitive eating is. So I think it's going to be very informative. Um, But first, can you tell us more about your background and your dieting story? Because I think a lot of people will relate to it, but it also shed some light um, into into intuitive eating and uh, why you're so passionate about it.
1: Oh, yes, I am super passionate about intuitive eating. And thank you so much for having me on the show today, Trevor. Uh, we should talk Absolutely. about yes, what intuitive eating is and how I kind of got brought in to this landscape of being a non-diet dietitian. That sounds crazy, right? You don't hear many non-diet dietitians, <laughs> but so many of us today we're following diet after diet after diet, really confused and frustrated about why we can't hold on to a certain diet or dieting modality. And we're falling into the dieting mentality. That keeps us feeling like we're a failure in regards to our health. So in today's show, I want to talk about how we can feel successful in our health in regards to nutrition so we can stop feeling so trapped in the ways that we eat and start finding some freedom by finally, finally listening to our bodies again. So,
2: Hmm.
1: oh my gosh, I was so disembodied in my own relationship with food for so long, especially when I was a nutrition student. So that's where I'll start. I had a really poor relationship with food, and I really struggled with food as I was studying it in college. I had this thought that in order to be a registered dietitian, I had to eat perfectly. And it was my (laughs) mission to show everyone in the world that I could eat perfectly and that they could too. What I didn't know at that time is that eating perfect was really harmful because what I thought was perfect, it was ever-changing. All of a sudden, I started cutting out grains, started cutting out meats. I was on a strict vegan diet. (laughs) I was later diagnosed with celiac disease. So then it's hard to be vegan and gluten-free. All of a sudden, I was only eating a certain amount, a small segment of things that I found to be like my safe foods. started to find myself withdrawing from social events. My grades were failing in school. I was an A student. My grades started slipping. I started losing friends. I started to isolate myself. As my body got smaller and smaller, I started being disconnected and disconnected from it. I learned to fear food. I was a nutrition student trying to be healthy, but it was funny at this time that I'm looking back at it right now. It's crazy anyway. Not even funny. It was just crazy that in my obsessiveness about food and my fear about food, I had this facade of health. I was trying to show everybody else that I knew exactly how to be healthy. I looked unhealthy. I was unhealthy. I was under eating over-exercising in my way to a severe eating disorder. I found myself in my second year of college in eating disorder treatment. I was pulled from college. My parents came and got me, pulled me from college. I'm in the thick of eating disorder treatment. And I had this awakening there that I had to live my life differently. I had to get out of there. And my only way out of eating disorder treatment was to eat. That was the only way that I could leave that treatment facility. But this crazy thing happened, Trevor, when I was in eating disorder treatment. As I began to eat and eat a more variety of foods, I started to like feel my feelings again. And I started to be more of myself again. I had energy that I hadn't had in a long time again. And I discovered at the end of that, as I started to really reconnect with myself and my body again, I started to realize that I wanted to still be a dietitian, but that I had to do it differently. That our thought of health, our thought of nutrition right now, it's warped, it's ever changing, mm-hmm. and it's wrong. And that our approach to health needs to be different and needs to include all foods. The message of restricting, of, of eat less, move more, it's not working. And that in the nutrition field and maybe the health field in some aspects in general is negating our mental and emotional health and only prizing our physical health by the way that we look. And I discovered myself that actually weight is not correlated with health. When we separate those things and we just think about health and health-promoting behaviors, we get ourselves out of the weight loss paradigm and into honoring our bodies with food and beyond. And that is the practice of intuitive eating, is honoring our bodies, respecting our bodies with food. And that's something that I so love in your work, Trevor, is that you work on honoring and in respecting our bodies. Through movement and movement practices that honor our bodies too. So, there's so much, there's so many parallels between your work in physical therapy and my work in intuitive eating. And what we both don't do is just make blanket recommendations of weight loss and expect for them to just be sustained throughout our life. How many times have we heard from the doctor, oh, just lose weight and your life will be better? You could right. relieve yourself from certain health ailments and, um, live a healthier life. What I found in my own personal life and in my professional life as well, that when our health is so tethered to weight loss, we lose sight of what aspects of health we're missing out on, especially in regards to our mental and emotional health. So what intuitive eating does is it brings us back to our center and it helps us ask questions like, what is satisfying to my body right now? What foods give me energy right now? How can I Achieve satisfaction in a way that's balanced and incorporates a variety of different foods, and doesn't restrict me, but allows me the energy and variety that I need every day through my diet and through how I feel. So um, that's really how I got to this starting point. Intuitive eating is kind of going through my own poor relationship with food, and seeing my clients. The last thing I'll add here, Trevor, too, is that a lot of times when we're in the dieting mentality and we're thinking about foods as good and bad in right and wrong. Don't eat this, don't eat that. Eat more of this other healthier thing instead. When we get into that black and white mentality, we inevitably fall short of that. And we feel these intense feelings of like guilt and shame and resentment towards ourselves because if we did something bad, then we see foods as good and bad and we ate something that's bad, we think that we're bad as well. Of course we do. There's moral judgment. There's a moral assignment with the food. And when we separate ourselves from that, there's a lot more freedom in this as well. So what I found in my professional life is through my clients practicing intuitive eating, they're feeling more freedom and bliss with food, less judgment, less guilt, that improves their mental health, that keeps them going. Instead of going on this yo-yo dieting journey, they're learning to trust themselves with food. And that is what intuitive eating is all about. Body trust, body respect and something that we can do actually for the rest of our lives.
0: That sounds awesome. <laughs> you touched on so many different things that I want to ask you <laughs> ask about. I think going back to that, I mean, you were talking um about movement and restricting calories because that's the way that it's kind of just pushed into our heads in order to do that. And you know what I see a lot of is people start to exercise much more than they are and then they're not refeeding or not replenishing those exercised calories with food because they think that's what is needed in order to achieve whatever goal that they're going for especially if it's weight loss and what ends up happening is they restrict the calories so much that they don't end up doing anything good they don't lose their weight they don't they're not seeing a lot of changes in the gym um and usually like you had kind of touched on as well their mental health state starts to suffer but also their physical body starts to suffer because they're not replenishing it with what it's asking for and i think that's one of the biggest things is just listening to your body and giving it what it is asking is is asking for and what it wants
1: absolutely and let's talk about that further about like caloric restriction and the effects of that because they are there are numerous effects of this. What happens when we don't eat enough? Well, the first thing that happens when we don't eat enough is that we slow our metabolism. When we slow our metabolism by not giving it enough food, enough fuel, our body thinks that we're in starvation mode. When we eat then, we might have a greater tendency, we're more vulnerable to overeating or binging because our body is predicting that there is another famine coming. That mm-hmm. so We need to stockpile food. Because we might have to restrict it again. The, bo- the body does not know the difference between starvation and restriction. It has no idea.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Another thing that happens in regards to movement, Trevor, is that if we don't even enough food, and not weight loss aside, what are we doing to our muscle right. density? We're losing mm-hmm. health. We're losing bone mass, right? We are losing that, that lubrication around our joints. We are depleting our body of its resources that it needs Completely. to move. So if you're someone that likes to move and you're not eating enough, ultimately you won't have the energy to move because the food is the energy and the food is the support that your body needs to be able to move, like literally structural support and mm-hmm. muscles and bones and tissues. Your body is more than just the weight that's on it. hundred percent. There's so Your body is so complex. And so <laughs> you're like, <laughs> of course, right? But when we're about weight loss, we get into like this yeah. tunnel vision about weight. Like it's only about the weight. But what other things is this food doing for us? So many other things, skin, hair, joints, nails, all of these things could be great parameters of health, right? Other than just the weight. But I think when our focus is just on the weight, we lose sight of health in so many of these Mm -hmm. different ways.
0: Yeah, I tried to tell so many people that not to step on a scale, like don't even worry about what that's saying, because that is one numerical like option that i don't really even care about like it doesn't matter to me just because of everything that you just included like weight loss shouldn't be the goal because you need your body needs it It, because of Mm -hmm. everything that you just said i i got nothing to add to that but i don't like that Mm -hmm. people focus so closely on the scale and what's happening there based on like to predict oh this is working this isn't working i need to eat less i need Mm -hmm. to do this more or do this more. And you touched on this topic as well. And it it's that tunnel vision of good eating versus bad eating, or I can't have this, and what's going to end up happening? It's like the pink elephant, right? T- say, don't think of a pink elephant. You're going to think of a pink elephant. If you say, I can't eat this food, all you're going to think about is wanting that food. And I think that's what's really interesting about your approach is – Because that's not how it should be, and I've fallen victim to that. I mean, I'm like, I'm going to cut out sugar for a month, and I love candy. (laughs) So when I say I can't have candy, you know, I'm good for two weeks. But if I get one hit of that Milky Way bar or Twix, it's game over, and I am going to clear out the cabinets. (laughs) So it's, it, it 100% agree on that tunnel vision and just the word "can't." And people, I think words matter. Words matter a lot.
1: Mm -hmm. They
0: do, and so I don't. What if somebody comes to you then and says, "Like, I can't eat that. I'm scared to eat that because I know that's a big part of things as well." How do you approach that?
1: Mm -hmm. I'm gonna pick out one thing that you just said. I think it's really powerful, and it's the power of our words. Before I kind of get into Mm -hmm. my approach of like helping navigate this food fear, and it's that like our thoughts form our beliefs, which form our actions, right? And so with this weight loss, we're told like, "Don't eat the candy. Don't eat the candy." When we don't get into like the nitty gritties of our, of our relationship with this candy, our rebel mind just comes mm-hmm. in, right? We are, we are rebellious by nature in this way. Kids are the same way. If you gave them all of the toys and said, don't play with this one, you can play with <laughs> all these, but not this one. It's the same thing. It happens with kids. We're the same. We're all wired the same. And what's really important about food in this conversation is that we have a reward center in our mm-hmm. brain with food so that reward center in the brain that says food good is is really like running in tandem with this other rebel part of our mm-hmm. brain too so it's like we're rewarded by food by being rebellious in the moment and then later guilt yeah. shame resentment we did the bad mm-hmm. thing and so there's a cyclical nature to that so in your question you're asking me like how do i help a client navigate food yeah. fear correct like how do you help them out of the spiral of like can't have that, what do we do instead? (laughs) This might sound crazy to everybody. (laughs) This might sound crazy, but we really have to get to the bottom of the restriction. The only reason we are overeating, the only reason that we are feeling tempted by food is because of the thought of restriction, Mm -hmm. the thought of we can't, the thought of we shouldn't the thought of we'd be healthier if we cut it out. We have so many narratives around why a food is not permissible. And again, this might sound crazy, but with intuitive eating, it says we must first allow ourselves permission to eat any and all foods when we are hungry to the point of satisfaction. This is not, a, this is not the hunger fullness diet. I don't want to kind of, That'll be another <laughs> episode. Every bag, we can talk about that. But I really want to focus on this permission yes. part first because this permission centrally is key. For the foods that we don't allow ourselves to have, we're going to want them more, and it might not be initially. People can follow a diet for maybe a month, maybe a year, maybe three years. Research is showing that over ninety-five percent of diets are not sustained over five oh. years. And wow, Trevor, you care about your client's health more than five years down the road from right now, right?
2: Completely. <laughs> <You care laughs> yeah. About
1: their health for the rest of their <laughs> life. Right. What's lacking right now in nutrition research, and nutrition research is hard. There's a lot of correlation instead of causation. Yes, completely. Yep. We often want to think about nutrition as black and white, don't eat this, don't eat that, when the research is very gray. Mm-hmm. And so we have to live in this gray, and we have to look at the research that we have. Which is very minimal. Funding usually drops off after two years for most research. And so you might find a lot of dieting research is promoted because they're only saying, okay, it's effective for two years. Most research that's five years long or more is saying many people are not following the same things. Many Mm. people have, quote unquote, fallen off the bandwagon. Mm -hmm. The good thing is, you can't fall off the bandwagon with intuitive eating (laughs) because we are continually exploring food and exploring ourselves. Our relationship with the food. Okay. Um, and so, first and foremost, allowing ourselves permission to eat any and all foods. This is where it can be really helpful to have somebody offer a safe container in which you explore food anew. Um, that's why I do the work that I do and helping people kind of navigate their relationship with food because this is where a lot of food fears come up. Alicia, but I will gain X amount of weight, X amount of pounds, if I allow myself permission to eat all foods. Alicia, I can't eat that food. I have told myself that if I eat that food, (laughs) I'll gain the weight. I won't have the relationship that I want. I won't get the promotion that I want. Mm -hmm. I won't be attractive to other people. Mm -hmm. I'll lose my self-esteem. We have all of these conversations around weight in regard to food, and they're all preventing us from actually allowing ourselves the permission that we need to neutralize our relationship with that food. The more that we have a story correlated with the fear that we have about a food, the more vulnerable we are to that food, to maybe overeating or binging or remaining in fear Mm -hmm. that impacts our mental, emotional, social life. and So really breaking free of that first thing, permission. It's Mm -hmm. the hardest thing, it's the hardest thing, clients that I work with mm-hmm. to navigate them through on the other side of allowing permission is the freedom
0: nice so I mean a big thing it sounds like is just making peace with food overall would you say that that's accurate
1: so that the peace comes after the permission okay after we allow ourselves permission to eat any and all foods our charge is lifted off of the food all of a sudden the french fries are no longer a big deal mm-hmm. the milky way bar is no longer a big deal <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm glad you the- said that like Ah, do i want the milky do i want the bar or not it's like after that we can actually listen to the body when we have a charged relationship with food we are unable to remain connected to our body Mm -hmm. it's like if i if i'm not allowing myself here's an example if i don't allow myself to eat the chocolate chip cookie i say no i can't eat the cookie i can't eat the cookie and all of a sudden i go someplace where there are cookies available and they're there. Other people are eating them. And I'm in this fight because I want the cookie, but I'm not allowing myself to have it. Do you think if I eat the cookie, I'm actually doing it because I've like, listen to my body. I'm thinking it's a good idea. to eat the cookie. <laughs> I'm like really going to enjoy this cookie. No, I'm at war with this cookie. I'm having this internal debate whether I should have it or not. Mm-hmm. And if I eat it, there's no way I'm going to enjoy it because I'm like hating myself the whole time. I'm trying to enjoy the thing. After we allow ourselves permission, we can ask ourselves the question, do I want the cookie? Is that cookie going to be the thing that I want right now that's going to be satisfying? Um, How would I like to enjoy the cookie? Should I, I mean, how much do I want of it? Do I want to finish it? Do I want two cookies? We can start to like assess and analyze like, okay, how is the body actually feeling? Is it ready to receive what I'm about to give it?
0: Mm -hmm. That's interesting.
1: It's like, oh, I would eat all of the cookies, if they Mm -hmm. were in front of me. I couldn't control myself, they say, or I couldn't stop myself from eating all the cookies. It's because at that point, we're disconnecting from our bodies and we're letting our mind have Mm it because that rebel complex is so strong Mm -hmm. and our body is just along for the ride. Once we allow the permission, we connect with ourselves again and it's like, oh, that cookie was so satisfying. I'm so (laughs) glad I ate that. That was the best ever. That hit the spot yeah that's that's what i'm looking for when i eat i don't know if you can agree trevor but it's like oh i want the food that hits the spot you know
0: completely we (laughs) we uh ordered uh some pizza on friday night and it was you know it's one of those things we woke up saturday like oh man that was there's nothing different about it but man that just is exactly what we wanted or what our bodies were saying we needed for sure i can completely understand that my that way of thinking
1: That is awesome. That is a satisfying food experience, (laughs) positive experience with food. Mm -hmm. And the more positive experiences we build with food, the more our relationship just transforms. Then, oh my gosh, then the pizza becomes no big deal. Then these other foods that we feared become no big deal. How much easier is it to respect our bodies after we allow ourselves this permission? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, actually now eating the pizza, which is something that before maybe I thought was like, bad, unhealthy, disregarded, I can see that as something that actually nurtures me in some way. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not the salad. I'm a dietitian. I know that there is a difference between eating an apple and eating a pizza. I get it. <laughs> but we negate satisfaction. And that is something that I think we need as humans to be healthy mm-hmm. and to reach um, a point of our health and a point of our relationship with food that it doesn't take a toll on our mental and emotional health. And it actually gives us energy. I bet that you won't eat that pizza every night. You won't reach for that same food experience again and again and again because it wouldn't be satisfying anymore, right?
0: Right. Yeah. We were, I mean, Saturday, we were like, okay, that was perfect, but now we want this or we're, that was it. That was good.
1: That was good. Moving on. (laughs) Right. So now. Yep. (laughs) And we learn like with intuitive eating, it's like, yeah, sometimes the pizza, it's sometimes the salad. And research shows through intuitive eating that after we trust ourselves with food, it's not the fun foods all the time, the Mm -hmm. fun foods or the play foods or the junk foods, whatever you call them right now. It's not those foods all the time. It's those foods sometimes, Mm -hmm. but most of the time through following our intuition, we find ourselves eating more. um, I struggle with words like healthy or nutritious, but I say them because it's like Foods that give us more nutrients and more energy mm-hmm. than foods that deplete our energy. Mm-hmm. Because when we attune to the body and we listen to the body, it will naturally and it does this every time. It's a beautiful thing. We naturally find ourselves in that bucket more, where it's like, you know what? I love this meal of you know like whatever chicken and noodles, but wouldn't it be better if I had something green on the plate? Wouldn't it be better if we had some more variety in this? What is it missing? Mm-hmm. I often have clients say to me, Trevor, they really like. Alicia, can I, can I have the vegetable or is that me dieting again? <laughs> 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 There's sometimes it's like this reverse of like, okay, now I'm distrusting of the vegetables. That was like, a long yeah. time, you know? Yeah, and, and it's this weird phenomenon of like wanting the vegetable, but not because the diet said you did. Uh, okay. <laughs> and that is when we're, that's when as a practitioner, I'm like, huh, oh, this is, well, what an interesting observation <laughs> You're finding yourself wanting vegetables when you can have whatever you want. Yeah. very interesting. It happens every time and without me saying eat this, not that. It's their own path.
0: That's awesome. And I think that's the biggest my biggest interest and in draw or draw to intuitive eating is it allows you permission with saying it's okay and the the biggest thing you, like you said, you realize, that once you stop saying you can't have this or that food, you realize, well, I don't really even care to have it. It was more just the neglect or, or the words, the verbiage that you were using towards that food. And I think this whole intuitive eating is almost restructuring, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's basically just restructuring your entire relationship around the food and giving yourself permission To have what you want and then actually realizing, well, you're just going to listen to your body because your body is going to tell you exactly what it wants, when it wants it. And as long as you don't have that disconnect between can't have or I have to follow this diet or that diet, it's just the permission, you're going to notice big differences, right?
1: Oh my gosh, yes. That's exactly correct. Awesome. You totally understand it. It's a (laughs) hard concept to understand. It's really. This is unconventional.
2: Mm-hmm. You it know? Is. Yeah.
1: Usually it's like when we're talking about health and food, it's like we should be talking about eating the fruits and vegetables, not, need, not eating the fast food. And here I am saying the fast food is okay. The fruits and vegetables are okay. Everything is okay. Mm-hmm. Everything is, is truly okay, regardless of your body size. Mm. There's no punishing people in larger bodies. Mm-hmm. In intuitive eating. It's a health at every size approach. Again, totally unconventional, people are thinking, if I live in a larger body, I must have to restrict my weight. Mm-hmm. People think, "Oh, intuitive eating that's only for the thin people. Mm. Only thin people can eat intuitively no it's incorrect It's for everybody at every size. It's about respecting bodies at every size and I think that's what's so beautiful about it is that you know we really disconnect ourselves from the dieting diet culture type of paradigm where it's like only the ideal type of body Mm -hmm. is able to do this work. And until everyone in larger bodies can get into the smaller body, then we can be intuitive. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: No, it's actually like when we honor and respect our bodies right now with food, we get the energy and the life that we're wanting. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes our relentless pursuit of weight loss drives us further and further from that confidence, from that increased self-esteem, from the increased health, again, like not just physically, but mentally and emotionally, that we're all looking for.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, it's spot on. That's Everybody should want to just feel good with the life they have. And unfortunately, again, going back to words, words play a huge role. And I mean, we've talked before, but I mean, just... Being a young child, what your parents might say, or having a coach tell you, you know, the only way you're going to be able to work out better is if you lose this weight. And it's, they don't realize it at the time, but those words stick. And then they draw this huge disconnect. And I think that's, that's not ideal at all.
1: (laughs) We form these really strong beliefs that we hold with us the rest of our life. Mm -hmm. And that continually impact our relationship with food and our relationship with our bodies, Mm -hmm. oftentimes negatively. And I often say this work isn't just for our generation, Trevor. Like, this is for the next generation too. Like, how can we really celebrate and respect our bodies with food and with movement? Not just in how we view our food ourselves and view our bodies ourselves, but the kind of role and example that we're playing for the next generation. I have a daughter, she's 10 months old, you know? And I think about how my journey was really having a poor relationship with food mm-hmm. and really struggling and how I fed myself and how I treated myself. And, and I think about her and I think, you know what? I, I want to create an environment for her where she feels nurtured with food her entire life, where she doesn't hate her body, you know, where she can love and appreciate, respect and honor her body, all the things that we're saying, you know, and oftentimes diet culture comes in and says, your body's not enough you got to eat this way. you got to move this way. And then we fill our arsenal of beliefs with a bunch of shoulds. Should eat this. I shouldn't do that. I should move this way. I shouldn't move that way in order to get to this ideal. But I think it's our job and our generation's job. And that's why I'm doing the work that I'm doing right now is that if we unravel that and we get to the truths of all of that, we can better nurture the next generation so they can preserve their intuitive eater which they were born with. We were all born intuitive eaters. She doesn't need to tell me when she's full. (laughs) She tells me by just like, the spoon is not going in her mouth. I mean, it's not right. (laughs) She's on to the next thing and she will wail if she's hungry, right? I don't Mm. love to get to that point of wailing. (laughs) You'll let me know, you know? So it's like we were born intuitive eaters. How can we reconnect with that ourselves so that we can help the next generation preserve their own inner intuitive eater too? That is like, I wake up and I'm just on fire for the purpose of that work.
0: That's awesome. That is perfect. It's perfect. I've got nothing else to add. That's just perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know that you like really hear me in this and it's such a gift to like feel for really sure. heard in this as well and, and to be able to share it with you.
0: For sure. This is, that was great. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we get into the uh, few final yeah. questions?
1: Big, big thing I want to add. Thank you for asking that, by the way. Um, I know that we talk about like, you know, so much being in this intuitive eating paradigm. Sometimes I can come off as a bit disconnected from all of the beliefs that we have tied to weight loss. And I want, I want to really stress um, how much I empathize and understand and relate to desires to lose weight. I feel that so immensely. I would say that even those who have a quote unquote healed relationship with food struggle with desiring weight loss at times. Of course, we desire weight loss. Of course, we go on diets to help us lose weight. Of course, we exercise in a way that helps us lose weight. We are told in our society and how we live, and how you said, Trevor, by like how we were brought up with how we should eat and how we should look, that. If we lose weight, we, are, we will be given a happier and healthier life. And so when I talk about intuitive eating, I don't want to talk about this paradigm of intuitive eating without fully recognizing how much our beliefs are tied to a better life that's associated with weight loss. I get it. I, I get why we're weighing ourselves every day. I get why we're manipulating food. And I understand why we're manipulating exercise to Lose weight, we're told that that'll help us be healthier, more attractive, that we'll be more loved. Those are the things that we all want, right? The weight loss is what will help us get these deeper things we want, like connection, like belonging, acceptance. Like, those are the things that we're really help- hoping that we'll get from losing weight. And that's why we constantly try to do it, right? We're beating ourselves up trying to lose weight because we, we care about those things so much. We all want to be accepted. We all want to belong. And that diet culture message of belonging is so strong that we all have it. All of the clients that I have, all the conversations that I have with friends, we all struggle with this idea. And, and that idea is diet culture. That thinness is health. That thinness is happiness. But what I challenge you to do today is to offer that part of yourself that is constantly desiring weight loss a little bit of compassion. Offer it a little bit of relief to say actually where you are is exactly maybe where you need to be right now in the body that you're currently in. Maybe from going from the resistance of desiring weight loss to the acceptance of the present moment that we will be able to find the opportunity in what's ahead of honoring our body next. We have to flow from resistance to acceptance to opportunities before we're then able to act. And able to nurture and respect ourselves but it really is going to take from going from the weight loss paradigm to the intuitive eating paradigm we have to offer ourselves enough compassion to understand where we are right now is okay and that we can move forward from here
2: wow <laughs> i got no I,
0: i'm speechless <laughs> well that was amazing that was amazing thank you for that That was amazing. Um, Okay, I know you've got something else going on. So quick, I'll ask you these few questions, okay? So first, what is your favorite health-related book?
1: Intuitive Eating. (laughs) (laughs) Willie and Elise Resch. I have to say, (laughs) yeah, second to the Bible. I don't know. It's second to the Bible. Intuitive Eating, um, it's called Intuitive Eating, A Revolutionary Program That Works. Full disclosure, they just came out with um, a recent addition to this book, and I haven't read it yet. So I am going to recommend the prior edition to the book. It's like a pink and white cover. I I usually always have it. Oh, but we don't show the video
2: anyway. (laughs) Yeah, Um,
1: Pink and white, Intuitive Eating, a revolutionary program that works. Um, I haven't read the new edition. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about how I've heard about the new edition. But I love these two dietitians, And um, I think that this book, again, second to the Bible, it's a great read for someone who's looking to gain an intellectual understanding of intuitive eating. I don't think it's possible for many of us to pick up the book and become intuitive eaters. Mm -hmm. I think it's possible for us to gain an understanding of what intuitive eating is. But to go from understanding to embodiment of the practices and to living this out in our life, I really recommend getting support from a non-diet, health-at-every-size, intuitive eating practitioner.
2: Perfect.
0: Um, second, what healthy activity do you like to do in Green Bay?
2: Ooh.
1: <laughs> I told you I had a 10-month-old, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, she takes my energy. <laughs> yeah. I am like up and down and all around. But do you know what I really love to do like in the summertime? Um is I love to go out to UWGB. That's my alma mater. Okay. Um, excellent nutrition program at UWGB. Um and I go out there to my old stomping grounds and in the arboretum there. Have you ever been to the arboretum at GB?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Oh. Beautiful. We'll paved check it out. trail. Um I, I went to sh- paved a gravel trail most of the way. Um and it's so nice, you're like in nature but really close to the city. So I go out to GB and I go with my, my husband and we'll go with my daughter for the first time this year nice. um, and we'll go out on the trail and be in nature and um, take just walks. I love long, mm-hmm. really nice walks, um, turn the phones off and, and just have good conversation and silence too. And just enjoy being in nature. Yeah. I think I love this area. I love our community. Um, and I'm really looking forward to getting outside and hitting those trails. Mm-hmm. Oh, For body. sure,
0: they're the best. We took the dogs out um, to a trail over this on Saturday when we had that huge heat wave. It was like 57. <laughs> <laughs> so, same thing. Just turning the phones mm-hmm. off and walking in nature. There's nothing that beats it. There's really not. And I mean, health wise, I mean I can talk about that. It's it's great, and it's just a nice thing to kind of unwind from. The chaos around us all.
1: Yeah, fresh air. I think yeah. it's greater medicine than, you know, Completely. healthy food a lot of the time. Getting yep. outside, getting in fresh air. I so believe that. For Most sure. The dog around, that's so fun.
0: <laughs> and then uh, the last question I got for you is what is one, you've given a lot, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to ask this what's one piece of advice that you would give people to um, take back control of their health, which in turn given them back control of their life?
1: I'm going to go back to that message of compassion, Trevor, mm-hmm. but like, not emphasize it enough. You know, I think there's so many fear-mongering, health-promoting messages out there. I think health seems unachievable yes. and scary mm-hmm. and forced. There's such like this forced, rigid approach to health right now out there. And a lot of us feel completely stuck in our health journey. And we feel like health, again, is, is super hard and unachievable. So a lot of people are like, "You know, heck with it. I don't care anyway. I'm going to just disconnect with myself in a way that like, I'm just going to stop caring." Okay, instead of stopping to care about our health and instead of trying to be super rigid with our health, what if we offered ourselves the compassion that we need to work with our bodies rather than against our bodies? What if we attuned to our bodies in a way that promotes our health rather than? forces us to disconnect with our bodies and engage in practices that aren't sustainable or health promoting anyway. And so first step have self-compassion for where you're at right now, where you're at in your health journey, where you're at with your relationship with food, where you're at with your relationship with your body, that self-compassion might just be enough for you to treat your body with a bit more love and compassion and respect today.
2: Awesome.
0: Awesome. Beautiful message. I love it. Um so where can people reach you social media channels uh website I know Instagram you have your own podcast show what where can they see you
1: I'm I'm loving to be on social media and so you can find me on Instagram at aliciabrown.rdn I offer a 3 month intuitive eating intensive for anybody that wants to just like get a head start on this work. Like if they just want to jump in and get started with intuitive eating and and say, "Okay, I'm done with dieting. I get it, Alicia. I get your message, but I don't know the first place to start after not wanting to diet. It's like we want to be healthy, but we don't want to diet." If you're in that place right now, if you've got like one foot in each place, not wanting to diet but not knowing where to go, it's time for you to come over into intuitive eating. Um and you can apply on my website www nutrition with Alicia.com. There's a work with me tab. Fill out that application. I'll get back to you in 24 hours. Um, and that three month intuitive eating intensive, it is a great place to start again if you're like hating dieting but not knowing where to go. So those are two places that I would recommend. And I also have my own podcast. Yes, if you're curious about like learning more about intuitive eating, we talk about food and body stuff. I call it all the worries, anxieties, and frustrations that surround our relationships with food and our body. You can find me at uh, the kitchen table with Alicia Brown R D N. Would you be interested in coming to the kitchen table sometime?
0: Me? Yeah, absolutely. Sweet.
2: Hundred percent.
1: I mean, this has been so fun, and thanks for being. Um, thanks for allowing me to share this work. Again, this is like what what gives me joy. It drives my passion, and um, thank you for for seeing me in this work as another health promoting guru.
0: Oh, absolutely. I love it. I'm a big fan of it. And thank you again, Alicia, for coming on to the com- coming on to this. This was very insightful. And and I just appreciate your time. Yes. All right, guys. <laughs> Until next time, uh have a great week. If you'd like more information about one of our guests or us at Movement Performance and Rehabilitation, Just send us an email at info at mvmt-rehab.com. That's info at movement-rehab.com.